Hi everyone, and welcome to the Six to the Sticks podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Smith. This podcast aims to shine a spotlight on local businesses, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders who are helping to create a rich and diverse culture within our community. From craft breweries to coffee shops, from contractors to designers, our community is made up of inspiring people and businesses. Join me as we take a closer look at these amazing people and listen to their stories. My guest today grew up working in the family construction business, but it wasn't until many years later that he would find himself ready to carve out his own path and start his own business. What began as small side projects like decks and fences has grown into a thriving business, creating beautiful custom creations that turn a house into a home and bring his clients' visions to life. Please welcome Walter Lazaretto. <laughs> Hi, Walter. How are you? I'm good, Leslie. How's it going? I'm very good, thank you. So I have to say, when you when I was reading through what you sent, I loved it because so much of your story and how you found yourself, you know, with the small business you have now really resonated with me and I think will resonate with a lot of listeners. So if you don't mind, if you want to sort of tell everyone a little bit about yourself and, you know, kind of how you found yourself owning your own business and, you know, working for you, being an entrepreneur. My name is Walter Lazaretto. Um, I am in the home improvement business and uh, it's kind of an interesting route for me to get there. Um, basically, some family instances um, is what drove me into going back to where I had originally started with my dad, which was in construction and in carpentry. Um, you know, my wife was the primary breadwinner for us. And I basically transitioned from being in sort of a bad job situation into being a stay at home dad. And um, while I stay at being a stay at home dad, I kind of felt like I needed to do a little bit more, you know, to help out financially and, I needed some something to do to keep my attention um, that wasn't, you know, kid related or home related. Um, so I just kind of started doing odd jobs on the side for friends and some family. And uh, it just kind of morphed into, you know, I had so many people started asking me to do things for them that I decided why not actually start doing this as a home business. And, uh, you know, then I can kind of control the narrative and, uh, still be available for my family when they needed me because I would be the boss. And, you know, if I needed to take some time off or I needed to do something else, um, you know, my boss was usually pretty agreeable. Yeah. I love that. I think that's uh, one of the factors that leads a lot of people to try and maybe be their own boss or start their own business is that uh, fantastic flexibility. Um, especially when your kids are little, like commuting or having to have set hours can be pretty, you start adding in their activities, um, you know, having a spouse that also has a demanding job and it can, it almost feels more stressful to try and manage it all. Um, and it just, you know, I know for myself and other friends, it just really felt like uh, you, you reached a breaking point uh, at one point where you just couldn't do it anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. It was financially not uh, great for us to both be, doing what we were doing and having both kids in daycare was incredibly expensive. Um, 
my work environment wasn't exactly open to the fact that I was the primary parent and that there was lots of times where I had to leave or I couldn't come in because, you know, one of the kids was sick or, you know, something happened at daycare and I had to go, um, doctor's appointments, that kind of stuff. They weren't too <laughs> impressed by how much I had to, you know, how much time I had to take off. And, right. uh, it just got to the point where, uh, you know, the financial rewards, uh, the environment that I was in, it just wasn't adding up. And it was much better for us as a family to have somebody at home. And uh, because my wife uh, has such a successful career, um, it's, you know, we couldn't stop her from doing what she was doing. She had already, you know, her business had already taken off. So I became that stay at home dad. And, uh, you know, just decided like, okay, what can I do to help out other, you know, now that the kids are starting to grow, they're getting into school. I can't just sit around and I definitely don't want to go back to working for anybody. So it just kind of morphed from there. That's awesome. Now for, I, I have taken a look at your Facebook and some of the amazing work that you do, but for those who might not be familiar with it, um, can you tell us a little bit about what your business does and any sort of specialty that you have um, in terms of, you know, the projects you like to do or the work you like to sort of focus on? Well, uh, I started with basically um, your standard sort of exterior uh, rough framing decks and fences just to kind of get back into the groove because I hadn't really been in contracting for quite some time. But, you know, getting a little bit older. So what I like to try and concentrate on now is a little bit more of the finished carpentry interior options. Um and then I'm kind of moving into being more about storage and functionality of the home. So a lot of us have problems with, you know, how much stuff we have. Oh yeah. So for me getting into doing like benching or uh, like bedroom units, closet organization, um, stuff like that was, was kind of, you know, being in a growing family and seeing what our needs were and some of the, some of the stuff that I did around our own home to improve our functionality um, was something that was very interesting to me. So doing more finished carpentry, wainscoting, coffered ceiling, stuff that adds value to a home or adds functionality to a house is something that I try and stick with. Um, but, you know, at my heart, I'm a carpenter, right? I like to create things. So I'll pretty much do anything that is interesting. If there's, um, you know, any kind of interior cabinetry or all the way to like exterior gates, and pergolas or tree houses, anything that kind of catches my eye that I find to be very um, interesting and kind of cool, I want to, you know, get my hands on so that I can sort of look at something at the end of the day and say, you know, wow, this is something that I accomplished and I know that it's helped somebody out um, and, you know, help improve their situation in their home um, in terms of functionality or look or even just fun, like for the kids, you know, like building a tree house was amazing. You know, and, and the kids loved it. And, uh, you know, so basically anything that has to do with the carpentry is what I can bring to the table. That's awesome, too, because I, I think it's the stuff that people, you know, see on Pinterest or see on Instagram. Um, but it's probably typically beyond the average person's skill or ability. But it is something that I know I know for us, to your point, space um, storage space is always at a premium trying to find a way to make it work for our family that doesn't drive us crazy with sports equipment or shoes or school stuff. 
you know, just sort of always laying around. So I can appreciate how other families would, would want the same. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, your standard house is just not sometimes built uh, for you know, accommodating all of the stuff that's in our lives. Um, so I, I imagine that would just be really awesome to sort of take a blank slate like that and be able to find ways to help people better use their home and, and subsequently love their home more. Well, that's the thing, right? You're taking, a, it sounds like a little bit of a catchphrase and a little bit of a line, but you're taking a house to a home. A, a lot oh, of people that. might, yeah, love that. a lot of people might buy, you know, like a carpenter's grade home, right? You, you have yeah. a new build, it's your builder's grade. Um, you know, there's not any benching in it there. You don't have those bells and whistles. And when you're trying to upgrade through the, um, through the builder, it can be really, really expensive to try and get like wainscoting or get benching put in or have a built-in done around your fireplace to do it post build. will save you a little bit of money and it helps you. You're going to live in the house for a little bit. You're going to know what you need and where you want it. And so it's easy for me to come in there, talk to a client for a little bit about, you know, what is it they're looking for? You know, are they looking for something that's just functional and a little bit less pricey? Do they want to get something that's really beautiful around like a fireplace? Are they looking for some storage in the child's room and really be able to kind of pin it down to exactly what you need to sort of mitigate all those storage and organizational issues, as well as like, adding some value and adding like a cool new look to your house instead of just kind of keeping it at that builder's grade. Right. Exactly. And so for yourself now, will you do also the design? Like let's say you're looking at someone's foyer or um, their family room perhaps and, and finding some storage for the, you know, creating an entertainment unit, if you will, is that something you can come into someone's house? And if they just have some, you know, maybe some rough ideas of what they'd like or what, you know, in their mind's eye, they want the final look to, you know, can you work with them and help them sort of find what's going to be the best solution in terms of design as well? Well, ab- absolutely. That's, that's actually probably the biggest part of the business is most people really have like a vague idea of what they want. They, they see something, like you said before, they see something on Pinterest and they really like it but they're not sure about how to, you know, you know, size it to whatever space they're looking for. Cause a lot of stuff you see on Pinterest is in like a, you know, like a million dollar home. Right. And, yes. You know, and, so true. right. So how do we transfer that look? That's not going to cost you a, you know, a gazillion dollars and is, is fitted to your space, right? Maybe your ceilings aren't 12 foot vaulted ceilings. You only have eight foot ceilings. What can we do? to get you that look into this space. And I think that that's probably one of the most important parts of what I do. And we spend a lot of time trying to nail down a design. So I'll take it straight from idea to design. And then we'll, you know, work with the customer or the client to pick everything right down to the hinging and to the hardware and, uh, and show you what you're looking for. And then, you know, make that a reality. That's amazing because I, I think you're right. I think people just know where to start and are always looking for, you know, an expert or, or someone who has more experience to be able to come in and really help guide them. Because I know for ourselves, what we think we want 
is not necessarily always what we've ended up with as a result of the expertise of someone we've spoken to. You know, when someone's come in to do work, they've helped us see that maybe something else could be better. Um, So I I think that's tremendous value that you're providing in terms of helping people navigate something like that, that they're probably just really unfamiliar with. So they end up with something that's really going to benefit them and create less stress and help them love their house more and and live in it better, right? Yeah, Um, exactly. That's awesome. And when it comes to decks, if you still do that, the same thing, like, do you kind of just look at someone's backyard and and feel like what is going to be the best use of space here? Like, how can we make someone, you know, love their backyard more or use it as an extension of their home? Yeah, in terms of decks, for me, um, I'm always looking for something that has like detail, right? Like, if you're just going to put, you know, like a regular deck in your backyard, I mean, not that I'm going to turn it down right now because, I mean, we could all use the work. But uh, anything that has, like, you know, multiple tiered or different, like a sitting area and an eating area and, and how we can work it into, like you said, to, into your home to make an extension, um, you know, especially nowadays, you know, travel and stuff might be, you know, off for a little while. Yeah, for so, sure. For somebody to be able to create their own sort of little oasis in their backyard, um, you know, can be important, you know, to spend time out there. I know when we moved here, we have this really big backyard now that's basically got nothing in it in terms of decking. And we love to spend a lot of time outside. So for us, uh, personally, just knowing how much we want to spend our time out there, how can we build this to, you know, get the right shade? And, you know, separate our areas from eating to family and just incorporate it into the house. And that deck always adds value to your home. Always. Everybody wants to have that like nice little space outside. If it's already there, it's a lot easier for people to walk into the home and say, oh, okay, this is something that, you know, is an extension of the home. And it's a perfect space for our family and for us to spend some time with and have some fun out there. So it's kind of the same approach. We look at, you know, budget, what do you want? What do you need? And how can we give that to you? Like, what can you get the most for the value of your dollar? That's awesome. I I love that because we're, we're the same. We moved to our home for the large property that it's on and it is a blank slate. And for someone who, you know, it's not my area of expertise. I look at it and I find it completely overwhelming to sort of even understand how it could be best used. And I'm sure a lot would find the same, um, would find themselves in a similar position where you're just trying to envision something and you just can't. So it's very nice to be able to have someone who has expertise really provide ideas to you and, and help you see how you can have this, you know, additional space in your house and really use the probably the backyard that could have been a selling feature for your home that using or might not be using to your full advantage at the moment. Exactly. And it's functionality is still, is still a a thing, right? So you can look at an outside, you can look at a deck area. Are you raised? Are you right on the ground? What else can we do to help you find some storage uses and, you know, maximize the whole thing instead of just throwing up a big deck what else can we add to this that maybe you're not thinking about that can improve the functionality of your home? Oh, I love that. That's so true. And so you mentioned as well, I know when we were um, 
we were talking earlier, you mentioned moving here and I know your family relocated from the, the West end. Like you guys lived in Stony Creek at one point and you've relocated now. How has that been for you in terms of a business? Um, how have you found that? Has it been a big, a uh, big transition to kind of come out here and have to sort of source new um, connections and stuff like that? Or, you know, has it been um, a little easier? And I know the, you know, the COVID factor is certainly not helping anyone uh, from a small business owner perspective at the moment, but how has that whole experience been for you and your family? Uh, it's been tough, to be honest. It's been pretty tough. Um, you know, I, I had uh, a really good thing going back in Hamilton, Wentworth and Niagara. Um, you know, I had been at it for about four years, so I had built a brand. Um, I had all those small community connections, you know, that community out there was like this, you know, small community, like where we are right now, you know, you get on the Facebook pages, word of mouth advertising. And uh, I had really built up a good base. And uh, so to move out here was, you know, tough. We knew we were basically going back to zero in terms of, you know, all of that sort of um, building that we had done already in the community. But we do have a lot of support out here. Um, you know, my wife's whole family is out here. She's got lots of friends out here. Um, so we've been able to kind of tap into that. But it's slow right now. I haven't been really getting any work at the moment. But I've got a few things out there right now. So hopefully some stuff starts to come. Um, but in this business, it's very, uh, you know, when it rains, it pours. Right? Sometimes oh, so I can go, yeah. Yeah, you know, I can go, I can go a month with nothing. And then all of a sudden, I've got, you know, six jobs booked over the next three months. Um, so we're just kind of waiting for that break. Um, you know, the COVID's obviously been tough. It's slowed people down a lot. Um, not a lot of people are out there spending too much money. Um, so that's been hard. Um, you know, the kids, kids are kids. They're super resilient. Um, they're doing well. Um, they miss their friends, obviously. But, uh, you know, they've been able to settle in all right as much as we can out here during this time. But, uh, you know, same thing. My wife's business, you know, it's kind of shuttered for a little bit. Um, she's trying to reinvent herself and, um, you know, I'm trying to get my name out there more and, uh, you know, getting in on those, uh, um, you know, community sites through Facebook or Instagram, this podcast, for example, I'm hoping is a good jump off point for me. Yeah, um, same. I hope it is too, because your work right. is amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You just need to kind of get in there, uh, you know, two or three jobs and then, you know, the word starts to spread and, um, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that what I bring to the table is a more personal experience. Um, I approach every job as if this is my house and I know what I would want and how I would want it done and how I would want to be treated. So that really only travels with word of mouth. Um, so I'm hoping to kind of get an inroad here somewhere. Uh, but I have a, I'm pretty confident that once it starts, it's going to be going good. Yes. And I, I think I, I've said this uh, to a couple people in passing. I do think one of the positive aspects that has come out of the pandemic is a greater awareness for and a desire to support local business. I think yes. people, by and large, have really seen the effect that that can have, like something like this can have. And I do feel like people have really um, tried very hard to be better about uh, shopping local, supporting local and, you know, just being more aware of where they spend their dollars. So I, I am, 
it is nice to see that that kind of uh, positivity has come out of something that's been really challenging, particularly for self-employed people. Um, and, you know, I hope that trend continues where people want to support, um, you know, those those individuals who have their own business and are, you know, trying to make a go of it themselves. Because I think it is, you're right, word of mouth and just having some awareness and, and you know, people passing your name along to people is really how things get going. And it is really just nice to see that as more, um, more of a common occurrence now, you know, as a result of what, what we sort of gone through in the last few months. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've always bought into the whole, you know, personal word of mouth thing. My dad was a contractor and he was a, he was an exclusive builder in the 416 and he never advertised. Right. <laughs> <ever>. Yes. <laughs> right. Like not one thing the guy didn't have any sort of newspaper ads or anything like that everything that he did was word of mouth and everything that he did came from somebody knowing you know what kind of uh, quality that he was able to offer and you know the type of person he was to work with right and so he always told me that the best advertising that you get is from somebody that you've already worked for if you do a great job they're going to tell their friends and they're going to say hey you're considering this you know think about this guy he's really good he worked with us and you know his quality was amazing he was a good person and that's kind of what I had started to build out in Niagara and everything that I got out there almost everything was from either a former client's friend or a former client's family member and I thought that it was you know people were kind of seeking me out for those reasons as opposed to, you know, just going online and, you know, looking for a contractor. And I actually kind of worked that into um, my business name, a friend of mine, because I was, you know, being Italian, we always like that uh, saying, you know, oh, I know a guy. Oh, you know, that's he's awesome. He's a friend of mine. You know, <laughs> I love oh, that. Right? So it was, uh, you know, kind of a play on words. And, you know, it was just something that I learned from my dad, that that's the best way to build your brand is to keep it local. And people will start you know, seeking you out because they're going to hear about you, not from some website or some advertising, you know, some advertisement somewhere, but they're going to hear it from their friends and they're going to hear it from their family. And those are the people that they trust. So it's, it's sort of a good way to build your brand. That's such great advice too. Cause I, I think sometimes we want as small business owners, sometimes we want, um, I don't want to say the quick win, but the, the magic answer and I find there really isn't one. It's just playing the long game, doing a really good job for every client and looking to them to be the person who passes on your name. And then just that consistency over time is what provides you with this network of, of clients um, and then their friends and so on and so forth. Um, and I think that's you know always important to remember because sometimes it can be really challenging when things are quiet to remember that, you know, you are playing the long game with business ownership and yeah. there, there isn't anything fast about it at times, especially in those, those early few years as you're establishing yourself and finding people to work with. Um, so I love that. Um, and one final sort of question, if you, you know, I know your journey has been, um, has included some different roles to finally get to a place yourself and you really love what you're doing you know for those people out there who are 
you know, sort of have the, have the thought that they would love to be employed, like they would love to work for themselves or start their own business, but don't feel, you know, they can make that leap. You know, what's the one piece of advice you would give to someone, you know, who about that, like who's, who's contemplating it and, and maybe just doesn't, doesn't know how to, um, doesn't know how to make that leap. Um, well, it's all, it's always easy to speak if, from a, a position of when you've been successful at something. Right. Yeah. So I've been fairly successful at what I'm doing. So for me to say, you know, don't be afraid or, you know, trust in your, your skills or your abilities and just do it is, is a bit tough because it is hard. It's, it's really, you gotta be gutsy to try yeah. and, you know, leave comfort and stability um, to do something like this. I was lucky that uh, my wife was so successful in her business, which was a real gamble at that time for her to go into freelancing. But I had a stable job. We didn't have kids yet. It was easy for her to kind of go out there and say, okay, I'm going to try this. And she hit a home run. So her success is what really helped me make the final decision of, okay, I'm miserable here. I'm not going anywhere in this company that I was working for. I was working for the government. I wasn't going anywhere. Um, you know, we needed the help at home and it just sort of organically happened. But if I could go back, I would tell that guy at the region, I really would. I'd tell him, you know, like, listen, you don't have to be trapped here. There's always something else out there. Just, you know, trust yourself, trust in your skill and trust in your support system. There are a lot of people around you that want to help you if you ask and, just don't be afraid. It's easy to say from this position now, but that's all I would say is don't be scared. Trust in your vision and trust in what your skills are. Do something that you're strong at and that you love and just go for it because you can always fall back to what you were doing before, right? You can always yes. kind of go back. You might not be able to go back to the same company, but you're, you're going to be able to go back. So why not just try it? See how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, you can always pair back to something else. But, you know, for me, it worked out. And you just got to keep at it and uh, make sure it's something that you actually enjoy, right? Don't just do it because you want to make some money. Do something that you really enjoy doing. And then it becomes easier to do it. Oh, I to, love that. To kind of stay on that grind, right? Like, because there are times, like, I haven't worked. I've done one project in the last four and a half months. But now they're starting to come, right? Now right. I'm starting to, you know, I've probably put out, you know, a dozen quotes in the last two weeks. So something's going to hit and then the ball's going to get rolling. But if I didn't like what I was doing and I didn't want to keep doing this, I could have fallen back and went and done something else. I could have, you know, gone back to being a laborer somewhere for some sort of a contractor anywhere. But that's not what I want to do. I'm going to try and be successful at this because this is what I love to do. And I think I'm good at it. That's such good advice. I think, you know, it's nice to, I always enjoy hearing other people's experiences and sort of what caused them to, you know, finally pull the trigger and decide that they weren't happy and they'd like to pursue something else. And I think what you said is very important that you have to love what you do because you are not going to be able to weather. And, and I find at least in the first few years of being self-employed, um, 
there are more downs than ups. It is very, yes. y- there's, <laughs> there's a lot of challenging moments. And I think you really need to love what you do to be able to weather that storm. Because if you don't, you won't be able to persevere through those really difficult times. And I'm, I'm the same as you. It has been when the pandemic hit, um, it was very much sort of, um, you know, total um, hit the any sort of activity that we had seen prior to that. It was especially hard, I think, because the year had started off really well. And I, I know that's the same for most people. So you do really need to love what you do, because otherwise you're just not going to be able to weather those storms that when they come are, can be very difficult. So I, I really love that advice. And I, I think it's very, um, it's really helpful for people to hear because sometimes I think it, you, you talk to people when they're on the other side of business ownership and they've put in all the work and things are going really well. So it's important to remember what those early years looked like for them too, and, and be very upfront about that and what that, is likely going to look like initially. So um, that's awesome. Well, it, it's been fantastic to talk to you and hear your story and hear a little more about your business. Because as I say, I was looking at your social media and your work beautiful and you're very talented and it's clear that you love what you do. Um, so I can't wait to be able to, you know, share this with everyone and, and let them um, also, you know, hear, hear your story and, and see all your work and, um, you know, hope know get to know you and your business oh well i appreciate you having me on this was awesome i've never done this before so it was pretty cool um my kids were super excited when i told them i was going to be on a podcast well that's good my kids (laughs) seem yeah my kids seem pretty excited about uh having a pod like having uh, mom have a podcast too and uh it's hard to be cool for them anymore so i'll take what i can get so yes that's um, exactly what i was just gonna say i think i'm cool again (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much and as always i will put all of your information in our show notes so that people can get in touch with you and check out your social media and see all the awesome work that you do and um yeah, really, really enjoy um, being able to kind of hear your story and, and hopefully it resonates with some people. Right on. Awesome. Thanks so much, Walter. Thanks so much for joining us on the Six to the Sticks podcast. Don't forget to subscribe now wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Also, sharing is caring, so please spread the word and feel free to send us your questions or comments and any suggestions for future guests you'd like us to feature. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time.